You're now listening to an all-new episode of The Last Men Potting. I am your host, Amaya, back this week with my co-host, Steve, and together we make The Last Men Potting. Steve, how the fuck you doing this week? Uh, you know, I'm actually, this is one of the few times where I'm happy I'm not a rich and famous guy. You know, you look at, and there's so many, uh, you know, rich and famous guys getting gossip and slander thrown towards them. So um, I'm happy I'm just Steve from The Last Men Potting. Hopefully I could just make a little bit of money and ain't nobody going to be in my business about who I mess with and all that type of stuff. So, or anything that happens, you know, in my personal life, I'm, I, I just want to be Steve from The Last Men Potting. So. You know, don't don't be checking up this in my in my personal business. Who I'm messing with? Are you referring to some of the baby mama drama that you texted me about earlier? Whoa, 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 whoa! I don't get into the gossip. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, this this is definitely not a gossip podcast. Not a gossip podcast. It, it, I, I think it does have to suck. Like you know, you just wake up and you thought you were making like some discreet moves, and everybody <laughs> knows about your side piece now. That is crazy to think about. You said the crib, like, oh damn, I gotta clean this shit up now. Yeah, yeah, like that, like that, that has that has to be a rough one. Shout out to all the guys that uh, that have to go through those situations. Especially, it's like when you're in the midst of a transition within your career. Like, I couldn't imagine, like, if I was like you know, in between careers and it's like, I'm doing certain things and, you know, people are just like, oh, look at this guy. He should be focused on this thing or that thing. It's like, look, I'm focused on what I want to focus on, you know? So um, hopefully I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> so I don't want people judging my moves. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think, I think some of these guys like kind of invite it. Cause it's like when shit is going good, they, you know, they're all like in the camera with their main piece or whatever. And even though like they have some extracurricular activities going on. So you should really just probably just be a private person all the way around or yeah. like, like stay in persona mode, like, um, like Kawhi Leonard, like nobody knows what's going on with Kawhi behind closed doors. Like, right. Like he could be crazy. He could be a genius. Like he could be anything. Yeah. I, I like Kawhi. Kawhi is definitely my, he's definitely my favorite basketball player. Yeah, he keeps the people guessing. Shout out to him. You know what, though? I, I don't know why they try to come down so hard on guys having side pieces. Every great king conqueror in history, he had a bunch of wives and concubines. So, you know, why is it now when the king and modern Western uh, civilization decides to have those concubines and wives, like now all of a sudden, oh, he's a bad guy. So it's not a bad guy. He's just, he's got his concubines on him, like. Ain't nothing wrong with that. People people have a very low regard for history. <laughs> like, cause, cause try to get that off like with a modern woman. Like, yo, I'm a king. Like, I'm supposed to have cocky vibes. Like, this is how things have always been. Like, they don't hear that shit. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, yo, stop being selfish. Like, this bitch over here needs my help. Like, you, you gonna stop progress? This is progress here. Like. You will let this bitch be out here and starve and be homeless. Like, let me take care of her. Like, let her have, let her share our roof. So are, are you like a charity worker now or like what's, what's going on? We already established like. like you, you're out here giving out help. I, I thought yeah. niggas was just trying to get their rocks off with their side piece. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know they were trying to build community with the side piece. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think that's how the game is played. Like, we way too early in the podcast for that. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, of course that shit's not going to work. She's going to go right to TMZ with that story. Yeah. Like, and he tried to gaslight me. And 
like, good luck with that one. In today's news, Steve Johnson, a piece of shit, thought he could get his concubine shit off. Yeah, no, you, you ain't getting that off. I don't need to be famous. I'll fuck around. I'll be right on TMZ. You know, yeah. right, you hear the dut dut music. It's like, oh, shit. They about to expose another black man. your ringtone. <laughs> hey, well, since you hear that shit, you know another black they took down another black man. It's like, damn. <laughs> TMZ ain't shit. They just run around hunting niggas just to put out gossip. Fuck TMZ. Yeah, I, I feel like like that sounded that law and order sound is like, like hey, those are the two most traumatizing sounds for a black man in America. <laughs> TMZ me, you getting in trouble, like the law and order join me, like yo, they about to throw the key away on you. Like yeah. it's, it's rough out here. You hear that duh, duh, so fucking rap. Like you, <laughs> they about to expose all the bitches you done had got pregnant. Yeah, well, I, I, I guess that's uh, that, that's like your pitch for the show to get a condom sponsor. <laughs> like, so, so we can help some of these guys out. It's like, yo, listen to the last man pod and buy, buy yourself some rubbers. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, at this point, now we're in a condom is a choice. I don't think they would... I don't think they would get that shit regardless if that's how you get down. Like, this to be disease. Like, it's not the '80s. You know what I mean? Like, I thought we stopped doing that shit after Magic got the shit and his shit. Like, like, yeah, you can't tell. I was like, having fucking random bitches out here. Like, I see that Magic shit. That shit happened to anybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, I, I think people don't have no regard for history. They like, yo, that was Magic. Man. <laughs> so that's that old nigga. I think also too it's like like magic's a little bit too healthy too. It's like it's like oh yeah, like you can look like money if you get AIDS now. Yeah, all right. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's let's move on. Um, on. On this week's episode, we're doing another Philly movie. Um, this is this is this is another Philly movie that that I like a lot. Uh, smaller, um, independent movie. Next day air. So uh, th- this was an 09 movie directed by Benny Boom. This is his first um, film, his, his, his film debut. You know, he was a music video director for a while there. I think he still might direct music videos. I didn't really do a deep dive on Benny Boom's career. So you do that shit on your own time. But, um, you know, this, this was like a moderately successful movie, $3 million budget. They made 10. So, you know, everybody recouped and probably put a little bit of money in their pocket. So, um, and I think it's a quality movie. Like, you know, it, it, it's a movie that, you know, kind of gets swept under the rug, but it's been consistently on streaming services for like, you know, the last few years, like I always see it on there. So people have to be watching it. Um, you know, and, and it has like some decent, uh, actors in it, you know, Donald Faison, he had his moment back in the scrubs days, uh, uh, Mike Epps is Mike Epps. Wood Harris, he's he's been in everything. Um, and Omari Harwick, he got famous after this movie came out when he was on Power. So I think that also might be part of the reason why it streams so much because you know people see Omari Harwick and they want to check it out. But you know, it's a um, it's one of those movies where it's a premise that I think a lot of people have thought of, but but uh, these guys executed it. It's like what would happen if you're a street nigga and some bricks just show up at your door like like what would you do like you just get free bricks like you know you win the brick lottery and i think that's an awesome premise for a movie and like they executed it well because this movie's funny as shit it's hilarious what do you think of this movie 
Uh, you know, like you said, um, just as many uh, actors as it in, I think they uh, executed it really well with the script and everything like that. But like you said, low key, there's a lot of really good actors. Debbie Allen is in it. Uh, you know, Darius McRae, Eddie. I know him as Eddie Winslow. I don't know what other people know him as. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for the, the main thing I always look for in a movie, am I entertained and engaged the whole time? I don't care about like the camera angle. I don't care about all that special shit that these pretentious critics care about. I just care. Can I watch this shit? And can it take me away from that? Like, that's what I watch a movie for just to really enjoy myself. And this, this movie did that. It hit a couple of points and, you know, like I always enjoy a movie about my hometown, Philadelphia. So uh, I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, it, it it does what it sets out to do and entertain. And like, there's no fat on this movie. Like, you know, we normally do a category where you cut stuff out. Like, I don't even know what you would cut out of this movie. Like, it's like a tight 90 it's minutes. Hour and a half, yeah. Like, yeah, like, like from beginning to end, like everything that happens is pretty much relevant to the plot. Like there's no detours or anything like that. So um, it's rare that you, you get a movie that kind of just knows what it is from the jump and uh, it doesn't waver. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. Um, and I think, like, uh, overall, like, there are certain movies where, you know, we reviewed, uh, you know, State Prop 2. I think this plot makes a, a little bit more sense. And you can tell there's a lot more effort in regards to having uh, more of a professional cast there to whereas, you know, we're not going to pause and narrate and act like uh, the film audience is 12 years old. Like, you know, let's just act out what the narration would be. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's really enjoyable, really tight 90 minutes. And I think they were able to accomplish everything they wanted with what they were trying to accomplish with. If that makes sense. I said a lot of bullshit there, but I had, I had a good point. That shit happens all the time. I had a good point. And it, I just, I just lost in the midst of the fucking bullshit that I was trying to say. It's like, keep that shit simple, nigga. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, speaking of keeping it simple, like you know, I was just looking at Benny Boom's filmography while while you were talking, and they only let him make three movies. It's this one, Squat Firefight, which is a sequel to the uh, Sam Jackson, LL Cool J, Colin Farrell Squat movie, which we might do at some point on this show because I I always like that movie. Um, and he directed All Eyes on Me. I forgot he directed All Eyes on Me. And that's probably why Benny Bloom hasn't directed a movie in a while, because that movie is not good. Um, but he does direct a lot of TV. Like, you know, he, he's heavy in the CSI game and like episodes of The Equalizer and shit like that. So Benny Bloom's still out here getting his checks. I think one thing that we have to commend him on in regards to this movie compared to like Belly, like this movie actually looks like he tried to direct a movie as opposed to directing a music video where I think that's kind of like the issues we see with belly. Like it's just to like a little bit too many cut scenes and he tried to make it a little bit too glossy. Whereas I think Benny Boone kept it a little bit more simple with this and just executed uh, just a, a interesting script and had really good uh, acting in it. Well, yeah, it's like with uh, these music video directors, when they transition over into making films, a lot of them just make, the movie look cool and they don't focus on story or anything yeah. like that which is the problem with belly like belly's a really well shot movie it's just shit on paper <laughs> <laughs> and, and um 
it's like if you gave somebody else the script of belly it probably wouldn't look the way hype williams made it look but then you had you know like for me like music video director movies like atlanta i thought was also a really good movie like chris robinson directed that one where that movie actually has a story and a plot so i think like these guys they show like you don't have to like you know stick in that box of you only direct music videos and commercials and shit like that. You can graduate to something else, but you just have to have that right combination of script and talent. Like the like the amount of talent that's in this movie too. Like for this to be your first your uh, directorial debut, like that can't be understated because you know everybody doesn't get wood harris and mike epps and it's like this is like top tier mike epps he's funny as shit in this movie yeah. so it's like everybody's not getting that so I, I think that helped him out a lot too this is definitely mike epps at the height of his powers like he didn't miss with none of the bits that he did within this movie so shout out to mike epps for this one so um i guess like you know we, let's talk about mike epps a little <laughs> bit because his, his career is an interesting one because he's been in a lot of stuff um and he always is like doing something memorable he he has so many like quotable scenes in movies memorable scenes in movies where he's playing the supporting guy but he never seems to be able to like move over into like the leading role like you know he tried to get that his sitcom off but uh he did an uncle buck remake a few years back with neil long that shit didn't work out and um he's he's had some trouble like, I think he's been labeled as, like, being, like, difficult to deal with, like, in terms of money and plot and, you know, wanting his characters to have a more prominent role in some of the stuff that he's been in. You know, he got killed off of um, Survivor's Remorse for that type of thing. So wh- what do you think it is about Mike Epps that, um, you know, his career has gone the way it has? I mean, I like, we can't look at it and say his career is going the way it has. Like, it's a necessarily a negative. I don't think, you know... Like, there's a lot of people who don't really get those same opportunities. So, I mean, I think he's done you know a great job with what he has. But, I mean, also, too, there's just a lot of competition within that comedy game. So, I think, you know, Hollywood, they mess around. Like, all right, well, we'll just call this guy or that guy. So, I think that's a, a, a part of it. But, you know, I, I think you do got to respect Mike us for the work that he has put in. And like you said, he's always memorable. So, you know, I, I, I don't know, you know, what – Cause it's like it's tough to say how it's supposed to 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 pan out, you know. But I think you would have liked to see Mike Epps in uh, more leading roles, so to speak. But you know, I I I respect everything that he's done with the he's with his career so far. So, and I I, I think that's the main thing. Like you know, like I said, he's he he's memorable almost yeah. every time you see him on screen. So I kind of look at him and say like, why isn't he the star of more stuff? Right and. He he said, I think in a Breakfast Club interview at one point, um, he, like you know, he I don't want it that bad or or some shit. So may, maybe maybe that's what it is. But he's also you know had his back and forth with people like Kevin Hart, where I feel like he came off as a bit of a hater. So um, that, that's what I'm saying. His his career is just kind of interesting because you know the talent is there at least on the film side. I think his stand up is shit. But on, on, on the film side, like, I think the talent is there and he's always memorable in the stuff that he does. So, like, I'd like to see, I don't know, it might be a little too late in the game for that now because, you know, he's a little long in the tooth. But I would have liked to see, like, Mike Epps just like, be the leading role in a comedy, like, you know, comedy starring Mike Epps. Yeah, I mean, it, 
at the end of the day, too, it's it's show business. So, uh, you know, you got to master the show and the business. So, uh, you know, it might just be more or less a behind the scenes thing as to why he doesn't get certain superstar roles that certain other, you know, comedians that we say, oh, he might be a little bit funnier than him that has gotten like, I think he was supposed to play Richard Pryor in a movie. Uh, somehow that fell apart. Um, I, even if they make that movie, I don't think they're going to pick him anyway, for whatever reason. I, there's like a story about that as well. So it, it might just be some of the stuff that's going behind the scenes, like you said, just in regards to how people feel like his difficulty to work with. So. And I don't really like Richard Pryor, but I would watch Mike Epps play Richard Pryor because I, I think he could do it. Like I, like I would be interested to see what he would do with that role. Like that's the type of thing I'm saying. Like you know, Mike Epps needs that opportunity. It's yeah. not too late. Like you know, he, he was he like 50 or something. Like uh, yeah, he's 52, so he's still got time. You know, so, um, yeah. Like so somebody give Mike Epps the budget for the Richard Pryor shit. Like what's going on? Maybe Dash Films will do it. We can see it on Tubi. No, <laughs> anybody but Dash Films. Let let Dash Films figure out how to make a short movie first before they jump back into features. Like they're they're not ready to do features over there. Like, Dash Films. This motherfucker is the Robert Ebert of hood movie reviews and shit. Like, it's like no, no, he's not ready yet. Shit, so, 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 somebody has to tell the truth. Um, <laughs> You know, we got Wood Harris in this movie, too. Uh, Wood Harris is another guy, I think. You know, just, like, he gets relegated to movies like this where, you know, as much as I like Next Day Air, Next Day Air is like a B-level movie. It's not, you know, top tier, you know, head of the studio's um, agenda for the year. Like, they just put Next Day Air out. If we recoup, we recoup. If we don't, we don't. Yeah. But um, Wood Harris, like, I feel like he's a guy that, you know, he just got typecast into being, you know, a thug. Um, you know, we, we've talked about it before that some of the um, the thespians, the, the black thespians, like, ne never really got a chance to to show their chops. Or, like, when they do, it, it, it's almost, like, a little disappointing. Like, when you see him play a character like Avon that is you know just a thug character but has a lot of nuance and he shows his range like in that role you don't really get to see Wood Harris like do a lot of shit because he's in this movie like and he's way better than this movie requires like for a character named Gooch to be <laughs> so so um what are your thoughts on Wood Harris's career yeah because this is like the worst thug character like you think about it paid in full um you know he was great as um what's my man name uh not Money Mitch, but uh, what the fuck? Whatever the other guy that's not Money Mitch. Um, it's not important. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, like this is probably the worst thug character that he has played. Like all of those other guys, like you said, have nuance and, and, you know, he's able to kind of show his chops and his range within that. I mean, you even look at something like a Remember the Titans. Like, it, like he hasn't even been able to get another role like that. That's not about being in the street. It's just, all right, let's, get, get, let's just get the captain of the football team. Uh, to just be the captain of the football team. So, you know, Wood Harris has, he does a lot of TV as well. So, you know, unfortunately, like you said, we don't really get to see that. Like we saw, we see it with Bing Rames. Every time he shows up, he just got to be the husky thug guy who's just choking out the young bull. Like we don't really get to see, like Bing Rames is, like he's a thespian. Like these guys, they go to school for acting. And unfortunately, they got to play the thug guy every single time. So it's really unfortunate on that front. 
You know what was funny about this conversation is like I do feel a little hypocritical about it because <laughs> I like watching Wood Harris play thugs because he's good <laughs> at it. It's like, and like that's the funny thing about this Hollywood shit. Like when people get typecast because it's like, yeah, he probably can do other things, but if I was making a hood thug movie and I needed somebody to play the boss, like I probably, yo, like, let's get Wood Harris or somebody like Wood Harris. Like, if Wood Harris is busy, let's get somebody like Wood Harris. So it's it's, it's almost like a catch-22. Like, like if you're bad in these movies, you don't get a, you, you won't have no. a career. And they if you're good in these movies, they say, all right, this is all you can do. <laughs> like, you I know, like, get it, getting over to the science guy from playing Gooch. Like, like I, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Like, th that's something that we, we try to figure out every week on the show, it feels like. But I think we're seeing the same thing with Amari Hardwick now. Like, he's almost too good as, um you know, the what's my main name? Shavu. He's, you know, and then he transitioned to Ghost. Now he's just going to be a, a light skinned drug dealer nigga for the rest of his career now. So, uh hey, I mean, I, but I guess you got to enjoy it. Like, you know, at, at some point. It's like, all right, this is what I do. I'm the specialist guy. They called me to do this. So in keeping right. with this conversation, you have brought up Debbie Allen. And um, I didn't even know Debbie Allen like was a thing and like had a career and all of that until like you made the you made a note of it. Like this is the only thing I've ever seen her in. I didn't even know her name was Debbie Allen and that she was Felicia Rashad's sister. Um, and she's kind of in a similar situation because Wood Harris has a brother and like they both get typecast and a lot of shit. But uh, De you you said Debbie Allen is like the Solange to Felisa Rashad's Beyonce. You want to expand on that? Well, I just think it's interesting because every time you see Felicia Rashad, like she's in the motion picture shit, like she's in Creed 3. And, you know, I don't know what the fuck Debbie Allen's doing now. Like in the 90s, Felicia Rashad was in the Cosby show. Debbie Allen was in the house with LL Cool J. So, it, it, like, it seems like for whatever reason, it's like, oh, we need a, a old black mom. Like, we're going to call Felicia Rashad. And it's like, if Felicia Rashad is busy, we'll get Debbie Allen for some reason. So I, I always find stuff like that interesting. I think that's a good comparison with, with Wood Harris and his brother Steve Harris. Because, you know, we, we haven't really seen him in too much except for, like, I just remember him as the angry Tyler Perry boyfriend guy like he usually shows up to do some shit like that so you kind of wonder with like the brother sister like how does the one just be that tycoon machine and then the other one is just regulated to uh all right we just need a a, a light-skinned mom let's call debbie allen next day air <laughs> like, yeah like steve steve harris definitely just plays evil dark-skinned guy in, in most <laughs> movies that he's in like his like most memorable one is when he plays the evil dark skinned boyfriend in um bringing down the house with Queen Latifah, and and like he punches Queen Latifah in the face in that movie at one point. <laughs> but that's that that's neither here nor there. But uh, what you were saying about Debbie Allen was interesting to me because I feel like you just threw a shot at in the house for no reason. Like, <laughs> is it like, like is in the house like that much worse than the Cosby Show? Because I don't think the Cosby Show is like this great piece of art. Like, I don't watch that shit. It's just known, like you know, everybody knows, like, oh yeah, because Cosby Show 
is known for being a sitcom. Like it was on for like damn near 20 years and shit like that. It's like you think of a black dad, you're gonna think about Mr. Huxtable. You go everybody knows Mrs. Huxtable. Do do people really know in the house like that? That shit was on for like four seasons. That's the only reason why I made a comparison. I don't remember no fucking in the house. I'm just saying. So maybe, maybe. Well, so I guess like the framing needs to be a little bit different because when Felicia Rashad got cast on the Cosby show, like they didn't know that it was going to be the biggest sitcom of the 80s. Like they just said, you know, Bill Cosby's making a sitcom. Same thing with In the House. Like In the House could have ended up being the biggest sitcom of the 90s. It just wasn't. Like, you know, they had LL, they had Carlton in there. Like they thought they were really doing something. (laughs) So... Like, you know, with the Debbie Allen thing, the fact that I didn't know who she was, like, I think it's just like, you know, maybe she's just not that good. Like, maybe she just doesn't have what Felicia Rashad has. Because, like, you know, Felicia Rashad is still out here in Creed, um, you know, playing Mama Creed and and all of that. Like, nobody's checking for Debbie Allen because maybe she just don't bring it. And, you know, a lot of people like Claire Huxtable back in the day. They was like, you know, that's... That that was like the original MILF or whatever. Like, I don't think anybody was ever saying, Ooh, let me get let me give me some Debbie Allen. Like right, I, again, not, I didn't know who the fuck that was. I was I was looking in that in the next day air. I was like, I, I could take that down. Like like the, the, the current one in the next day air. Like I, I I could do something with that. What are you what are you doing with that old lady, Steve? Like we we we've already established you don't have no standards, but come on now. Like leave that old lady alone. You gonna bust her hip. Like, what <laughs> leave that old lady alone so so like are we saying is this just by happenstance like because like you kind of make it like from what your point is is almost like all right you know casting wise okay we're gonna we're gonna cast this person and we'll see what happens more than just like and and they're kind of able to grow a name and a brand from there. Like, is it more happenstance than talent, or is it a mix of both? Like, what what, what are we talking about here? I think a lot of people that have had really successful careers in Hollywood, it's just by chance. Mm-hmm. Like, it's right place, right time. Because th- there's a lot of you hear a lot of stories of oh, I almost was in that, I was cast, I was cast in that, but it got canceled and everything. Like, being an actor is like rolling the dice. Like sometimes like you can listen to interviews with actors and they'll talk about how they've done multiple pilots for years in a row. And then the, the fourth or fifth one that they're on ends up being a hit and they do that show for 10 years and they end up being a career. And, you know, from the back end, you can look back and say, Oh yeah, this guy was the shit the whole time, but could have been anybody. Like you get some other asshole in there. Like, like, like you find a pretty lady in the 80s, sub that in for Felicia Rashad and the Cosby show. The Cosby show works. Yeah. Like I think Pam Greer was is probably like her same age. You sub Pam Greer in there, that show works. Like, I don't know. I Felicia think, Rashad's not like the catalyst for the Cosby show. I think Pam Greer would have took a little bit too much attention off of Bill Cosby. I'm not quite sure if that would have worked as a I think the shows would have still worked because people would have tuned in every week. Let me see what Pam Greer is. And and you know, Cosby, he was already on there with like the, like putting drugs in the barbecue sauce. Like it would have been more storylines like that. Yeah, Pam Greer going up to bed with him at the end of every episode. Like Cosby show would have been wild. 
<laughs> Y'all be sure been wild. I think that would have been that would have added too much to the dynamic. I don't know if it would have the same with Pam Grinder. So you're saying the show would have been worse with Pam Green? I'm not saying it would have been worse. I'm just saying I I, I don't know. I, I think Cos- the show was surrounded about around you know Bill Cosby's character, so I don't think you would could have like having that like strong persona in there. I think Felicia Rashad was a nice balance. I think that was like the perfect balance because everything's all about chemistry. So I don't know if you could just sub anybody in there. All right. Uh, well, f- maybe I need to watch a couple episodes of the Cosby Show. <laughs> I-, I don't remember Felicia Rashad doing anything too special. I don't remember anybody on that show doing anything too special. I don't really care for that show so much. I think <laughs> I think it was a huge hit in the '80s because there were three channels and nobody had anything to do. So it's like, oh, it's Thursday at eight o'clock. Let's see what Heathcliff is up to. But you know, you're not getting that shit off now. Of course not, but it's a different time now, so you would have to do a different style. Like you couldn't even get that shit off with with uh, Bernie Mac made his sitcom. You had to do a different style. Like that studio audience shit. Like it, it has time. Like that shit wouldn't even have worked. What what did Bernie get show with? Oh five or some shit. Like that shit wasn't working then. That's a better show than the Cosby Show. Just more entertaining, yeah. Yeah, it's it's much more entertaining, but yeah. that, that's that's neither here nor there. It's a different conversation but, for a different um, day. So I like what, what's the conclusion there? Is it like because I I think it's 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 just you know right place right time. Like what, what do you think as far yeah, as pro- um how how these careers shake out? Probably a mix of both. Like I, but I do like you said the reason why I pose the question I always wonder like what is it about like the the one per like especially like you know brother sister whatever you know you kind of always wonder like what is it about that other person that just kind of where they take off a little bit more you know what I mean but um. Who knows? Maybe it's just happenstance. Um, I don't know. Like, I think that's going to be up in the air. That, that might be a reoccurring segment. It's <laughs> like we might well, have to get down I, to the side. I think every now and then it's like it's clear that one sibling is more talented than the other. Yeah. And, or like that one sibling had like, you know, you had the Beyonce Solange thing. It's like, I think Solange makes better music than Beyonce, but Beyonce's better looking. She can dance, she can sing, and all of that. You can turn Beyonce into a superstar. You can't really turn Solange into the same level of superstar. So their careers are different. With Felicia Rashad and Debbie Allen, like I don't know. I, like I was looking at some pictures of them when they were younger. It, it's kind of a pick 'em. Like I, I think I think if you sub Debbie Allen into all the Felicia Rashad shit, it probably works out just fine, and vice versa. Like yeah, I, I don't I don't know what either one of them is. I don't think that either one of them is changing the game like that. I agree with that. I think that's probably like a better uh, capstone to put on that conversation. Yeah. So, um, you know, best Philly movies because we did state prop last week. Now we're doing next day air. Um and uh Philly's been coming back in the movies recently. Like, you know, they it had a nice uh spot in, in Creed and they've ruined Max's now because now Max's always has a line around the block and shit like that. So um what was your what's your favorite Philly movie? Um <clears throat> it's tough to say, you know what is it? That's interesting that uh Philly's now become like a spot to like film, you know, maybe that is because you know Balbo made his shit, but um I would have to relook at this particular movie but from what i remember law-abiding citizen was pretty entertaining you know you had gerard butler and i believe uh jamie fox was in there where, where are we but, making jamie fox you know it's funny i was listening to uh because you sent me a, a clip of patrice o'neill 
and the white guys are talking about how he's not a good actor. What, what, what do we? What do you think about Jamie Foxx's overall career? What hey, he's done? That Jamie Foxx isn't a good actor. The, the white guys had said that. They said he said he's not a good actor. That, that sounds like white slander. That's exactly what Patrice said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 sounds very inaccurate. J- Jamie yeah. Foxx is very good, and in yeah. the movies that I've seen him in that I like, like I've never seen a movie where I'm like Jamie Foxx can't act. Yeah, and and it's like he's he's a uh, um I don't know what the word for it is, but like he's like a polymath. Like he can do everything. Like yeah. he can sing, he can act. He he's funny. Like no, like. Slander of Jamie Foxx will not be tolerated on this podcast. But I think that is the problem when p- certain people see uh, people do comedy and now it's like, oh, well, he's trying to do serious stuff. Like I think uh, people felt a certain way about Will Smith for a while trying to do serious stuff. But you see, it's like certain com- com- comedic actors can do serious stuff. Like Eddie, Eddie never gets any serious stuff. I would have liked to see Martin do something serious. I mean, Martin has that crazy movie Mind Cages that I'll never watch, but you know, maybe Prime Martin, if he would have done some serious stuff, I think he could have, you know, done, done some. So I think it's more or less certain people look at comedians and say, this is what you do. Like, don't try to do anything else. Yeah. And I actually think that when comedic actors try to do drama, they succeed way more than when dramatic actors try to do comedy. Because I think so comedy, too. comedy is harder to do. Yeah. Like, in my opinion, like, it's much easier to be serious and sincere and all of that. But to be funny, like, in something, and especially, like, in a movie where, you know, movies are shot over weeks and weeks of time. Like, you got to show up and be funny every cake. Otherwise, <laughs> like, you know, the bo- the movie's not going to fucking work. Like, you know, people like Jamie Foxx and, like, Steve Carell that can, like, flip from one to the other like, you know, convincingly, like, I can do drama, I can do comedy, like, you know, even, even your guy, Adam Sandler, like, I don't think he does comedy that well, but he could do, he could do, he could do serious acting, like, you know, and, and do drama and stuff like that, so, no, I don't, I don't agree with that, like, and I don't, I don't see where they're getting that Jamie Foxx is, is a bad actor, because he can play every type of role, like, he, that, that's interesting. Kevin Hart made the same point that you just made, like name the same guys too, Steve Carell and all those type of guys. So that that is an interesting point. Uh, you know, flipping from drama to to uh, comedy, you know, vice versa and different things like that. So yeah, like best best Philly movies. Like I, I, you know, there's a lot of them on the list. Like you had, I saw Blowout recently. That was a um a '70s, I want to say '70s movie. John Travolta um played that that was set in philly that that was just interesting seeing like philly in the 70s so i I think that's on the list um i like creed one i'm not really into the rocky shit i know you know rocky and philly are kind of synonymous but i never gave a fuck about the rocky movies um you know i'm more like a shooter state prop law-abiding citizen next day air type of guy like Yeah, that, that that that's my Philly Mount Rushmore, probably something like I that. I think I think Creed One is probably the best, like well written, executed of the whole Rocky series. Like um, Creed Two, Creed Two is actually pretty good as well. I think Creed Three is a little bit off of the rails at, at times, but you know, I, I enjoy the Creed series. I, I'll say that I do enjoy the Creed series. 
Creed three just hit Prime this week, so I might yeah. rewatch it. And if I rewatch it and and like it, I, I think we might do that. That one I think we. Show, I, 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 I I got some I got some thoughts about Creed three that I think uh, we should we talked it. about a little bit on on one episode, yeah. but we didn't go in depth about it because we didn't give it a real review. So I think I think we owe Creed three a real review because I spent my money on that shit. So. <laughs> Let's just get right into the into this movie because next day here, um, you know, the concept of a drug like these 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 jack boys, they get an order of bricks right to their front door that was supposed to go across the hall to their uh, Puerto Rican neighbors, and a lot of hijinks ensue as a result of that, and. Um, you know, like th- this whole idea of just like, you know, some bricks just falling in your lap. Like, why don't you think anybody's done that before? Because after I saw this movie, I'm like, that's the most obvious premise for like, you know, a little crime movie. Like, I- I- I've never seen that premise before. That's that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know why. I don't even really know how to answer that. But I just think to, to set up the logistics part of it. Also, I kind of thought the premise... Like it's because it's so it's such a simple premise, but it's almost kind of too good to be true. Like it's, it's kind of stupid, really. It's like I'm going to ship some drugs through, you know, uh, uh, a UPS FedEx, some some crack. Like I I don't know. <laughs> it's like I feel like you kind of almost can't get that shit off of the studios. It's like, all right, here's the idea. Like, what if we sink crack through the mail? It's like get get them the fuck out of here. So. <laughs> Like, I don't know if anybody's had the confidence to do it. I think maybe this guy just had the confidence. It's like, look, I'm going to get my UPS crack story off and this shit is going to work. Like, he was just able to sell it, I think. Because you got to, like, that is a good thing. The question is, like, why hasn't nobody thought of it before? Maybe it's just the the lack of confidence to go in there and, like, sell that this could work as a movie. No, I get all of my information about how drugs are transported from movies and rap songs. And um, I don't think this is too far-fetched to send some crack through the mail. It seems kind of stupid when you see how this movie plays out, especially like when you know like UPS and places can just deliver something to the wrong spot. And there's the one guy, like most Def's character in the movie is just actively stealing shit from the back of his truck. So it, it does it does seem high risk, but um, you know, when you hear these stories of people uh getting caught on the road, you know, driving their drugs from one place to another, I guess you know, UPS is the next best option. It's, like what it, what else are you gonna do? Like who who are you gonna trust? But I don't see how you get that shit through customs though. Like well, yeah, I guess customs they... has to do with going overseas. Yeah, well, yeah, because I'm they trying were in to California th- and they sent it to Philly through the mail. But I think somebody UPS doesn't search that they don't. No, they don't. Of course not. Of course. But I'm just saying, like, at some point, okay, so you you mail it off. I would just think that at some point somebody would be like, "Wow, what's that smell? Like, it, sm- it smells like crack in here." <laughs> like, what does crack smell like? Fair enough. Uh, like. <laughs> that's that's what i'm saying it, it's like like with these movies it's like you kind of do have to suspend disbelief yeah like th- th- this is one like and and i i know like it sounds weird coming from me because i'm always like yo this is some bullshit it's unrealistic but it's like if you don't buy into the premise then you can't enjoy the movie <laughs> 
So I, yeah. like th th this is one where I, I'm, I'm, I'm just in on the premise, like, and like, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just in on the premise on this one. I got you. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there's, there's, I think, you know what the problem is? Cause I've worked at these type of companies and I just understand like, you don't ship a million dollars. Just don't yet. do that shit. Like I'm not going to ship a quarter million dollars. Like how much is 10 keys? We got to get, we got to get pushed your T on the phone. I'm not going, <laughs> I'm not going to ship a quarter million dollars through that service and have some shit like this happen. So I just think as the CEO of a, a, a cocaine operation, you have to have certain plans in place where like, okay, this is what could happen if I do some dumb shit. So I, I just, uh, so then maybe we need to look at Bodega's um, organizational chart a little bit and, and, yeah. and, and give him a SWOT analysis because it's like, all right, so he, he has Bodega, it's Bodega at the top, you know, played by Hefe. I, I don't know his real name. I just call him Hefe because um, he always plays the boss in everything he's in. Then he has yeah. Rhino. Who's also, you know, last week we talked about like, you know, they got like five Mexican guys they hire. Like the guy that plays <laughs> Rhino, he 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 does like a lot of the TV shit. Cause I've seen him in a lot of TV shows where he plays, you know, Mexican criminal, um, number one and shit like that. Like, you know, they always call him for that. But it's like, it seems like that's their whole operation, is those two guys, and then they're sending shit to Philly and hoping that um, who's that, Petey Crack? won't steal his <laughs> shit <laughs> so he probably needs like a little bit more loyalty and shit like that you know you see some of these movies and they make you you know prick your finger and shake hands and spit on it and all that before they give you the uh, drugs to sell so it's like you gotta have some sort of bond to your employees before you lay large sums of uh drugs on them and i don't know if this, that. yeah i don't know if this is just the writing but like Shavu pretty much has the same cocaine operation. It's just him and Buddy or whatever the fuck, like the guy who has no name. It's like, it's just, all right, I'm the boss, just just my henchman guy. We just go and like sell drugs. It's just, uh, you know, Hefe, his shit is just a little bit more national as opposed to, you know, Shavu. He's just a cocaine cowboy of North Philly or whatever the fuck. So I don't know if that's just bad writing or if that's just actual how drug dealers get down. Yeah, I don't know. We we gotta interview a drug dealer at some point and be like, yo, break break this shit down for me. Like, like what's realistic and what's not in, in these yeah. movies? Because I could never tell. All, all I could look at shit is like how I would do it. And you know, I'm like, I'm not trusting nobody with, with that kind no. of money to, to handle it. Like yeah. kind of go back to what Dame Dash was saying in uh, State Prop 2. He's like, I'll whip that shit up myself. <laughs> like, yeah, so I'd sell it too if I had the time. Yeah, he says not enough hours in the day because it's like who, who, who can you trust to handle business on this level? But um, so also looking at like the structure of this movie, so you got you know that that's Bodega and his situation. You got Mike Epps and Wood Harris are doing kind of like a buddy robbery movie. Then you also have um, Jesus across the hall and and his chick, like you know. They got their little uh, comedy duo dynamic. And then you got um, Donald Faison. He's just trying to get some weed and trying to, um, you know, get Lauren London back for, for half of the movie. So it's like this movie has like a lot of like just little different characters, but they all kind of make just this good ensemble because like each 
each like pair of characters has like their side stories. And it's like you have Wood Harris and Mike Epps doing these like little robberies that always keep going wrong and they're all hilarious. And then yeah. you have, you know, Buddy and Shavu trying to go pick up the money so that they can buy the bricks and they get into this whole thing with the guys at the storage unit. And like, I think that's hilarious. So I think the reason why this movie works so well is because like, yeah, like the premise, it like you said, we, if you go in the office and you just say, yo, we're sending drugs through UPS, yeah, get the fuck out of here. But <laughs> it's like all of the characters are really what make up this movie. And you don't have to think about the plot too much. Because it's like, yeah, the plot, it's a little convenient, it's a little silly, it's not really deeply thought out, but the bits, I think, are what make this movie up. Like, there's just a lot yeah. of, like, really good bits. Yeah, and I think this is another one where I think everybody just had fun doing it. You can kind of tell us a lot of good chemistry between everybody doing it and everybody having fun. So I think you really got to give credit to, you know, the director and just top down how they were doing business, creating that atmosphere where you kind of tell, like, everybody is just it's good chemistry there so i think that's the best part about the movie just being able to work with that talent so um you know at the top we didn't talk about lauren london you know she she shows up in this movie to play you know the girlfriend and just to shit on donald Faison a little bit here and there um what, what are your thoughts on lauren london's career because uh, she's doing she she just did the uh I, I didn't watch it she did a movie with uh eddie murphy and um jonah hill yeah. Uh like uh, guess who's coming home to dinner sort of thing. Yeah, no thanks. Uh I mean nothing at all. Like she just plays the same ratchet chick in every movie. Like I'm not quite sure if she can act or not. Like the only only really movie I seen her trying to act in was the uh movie with Michael B. Jordan. And like she's only in the movie for five minutes. So I haven't really seen her anything where I think I guess that's one of those things where it's like uh, can she actually act or not? Because I haven't seen her anything where she had to like show any type of range or nothing. So, so you're not buying any Lauren London stock on like you know her trajectory? Because I feel like I feel like somebody that's like that pretty should be in more stuff, but she, she doesn't even she doesn't really show up in that much stuff either. She might you not figure be that like that's the criteria yeah. for this Hollywood shit. It's like you know if you're pretty, like yeah, we'll we'll, th we'll throw you a couple bones here and there. She, she might just have no talent. Like, I don't know. Because like, like you said, that should be, you know, that should be enough to get your foot in the door. But who knows? <laughs> who knows what's going on behind the scenes? She might just, you know, she might just not have it. You don't think she has it? I, from what I've seen, she's the same person in every movie. I haven't seen her do no other shit. So I'm going to lead towards she don't have it. So do you almost have to do, like... Like, you know, just show up and kind of do your own thing and hope the director doesn't fire you to, to break <laughs> through in some of these roles. Because I, I think like, you know, you hear those stories sometimes about how, oh, yeah, such and such just improv this whole scene and they left yeah, it Chris, in because it was so great or I think whatever. Chris Tucker, like Chris Tucker was improv in all of his movies in the fucking late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> Yeah, so like maybe that's what you have to do. Like you have to be the you 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 have to like show up and say, all right, look, you're giving me a little bit, you're giving me a small bit part in this movie, but I'm just gonna show up with a lot of energy, and people are gonna remember me when they leave the theater. Because I think that's probably like the only way that you break out of being just cast as girlfriend number two. Like you you gotta, I I, I don't know what you do, but you gotta do something. <laughs> 
You, you got to make it exciting. I mean, I don't know. Like you said, she got that spot in the fucking guess who's coming to dinner that I don't want to look at because they made that movie 50,000 times. So I don't know. Like, so that's that's probably more so the problem with Hollywood. They just keep yeah. making the same shit. I like I would rather they make more movies like Next Day Air than you know giving us another remake of some shit that they've made fifty times, like you said. And it's a shame because I I like Eddie Murphy. I would like to see it, but I'm just like, nah. I think that movie's just a little bit too stupid. Like, it, but they got Eddie Murphy, they got Mike Epps, they got everybody, they got everything you need. But it's just like. See, there go Mike Epps again. Just yeah, I, is Mike Epps just here for the check? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe we just keep coming on here wanting more for people's careers, and they they just go into their job the same way we go to a job. Just like, yeah. look, man, I'm here for the check, man. Is he the comedic version of Mike uh, uh, Samuel Jackson, except the comedy version? I thought Sam Jackson was the comedy version of Sam Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know he was being serious, uh, <laughs> yelling about snakes on this motherfucking plane. Like, I didn't know he was supposed to be taken seriously. I'm the police. You have to do what I say. Yeah, I, I think that's just going to be a recurring bit. Like, we just going to, we, we might need a button for that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you know he was so, um, Let's get into the categories for this one. The best scene. What's your what's your best scene in in next day air? Uh, I gotta go to the the end scene when they do the shootout. Um, my favorite part of that too was like the henchman showdown. Um, Buddy versus uh, what the fuck is uh my man's name? Uh, Hefe's uh Rhino. Henchman. Rhino. Buddy versus Rhino. That was just a really cool henchman battle. It's like, you know, these both these two qualified titans are just going to go at it with uh, fucking kitchen knives. So I thought that was really creative. I like how they shot it and just how those dudes would at it. Um, yeah, like that. I'm a little whole disappointed. I, yeah. I, I, I expected Buddy to hold shit down. And but Buddy got folded like a cheap suit, man. He did. He like, did. Like, like <laughs> r- 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 Rhino just beat the brakes off of Buddy. And Buddy was talking all this shit. I'm like, yo, first off, if you show up and you refuse to introduce yourself to anybody and like you don't tell anybody your name, you talk about, yeah, I'm going to shoot motherfuckers through the bag and all that type yeah. of stuff. <laughs> like, I, I thought he was going to be the guy like. But uh, no, but 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 he got folded up pretty quick. Was he was a little disappointed in Buddy. He was in it up until the last second. It's just you know it, he just got a little bit out muscled. Like maybe if, if Buddy benched three thirty instead of three twenty five, maybe he could have won that fight. How are you gonna be the muscle and you get out muscled? Like, <laughs> like, you know that's the whole point of being the muscle. Yeah, like you're the muscle, was... like you're not supposed to take any L's. Like if I hire muscle, I don't want to hear I had a bad day at the office. Like no, like you you only have good days if you the muscle. I don't hear that shit. It, it was muscle versus muscle. Like sometimes you just get out muscled. <laughs> No, oh, you're supposed to come prepared for that. You're supposed to be pulling razors out your mouth for some shit. I don't want to hear that shit. No L's. Like, muscle the, the muscle can't take no L's. Because if the muscle take L's, then I start taking L's. And like, n- now what? Now the whole operation's done. Hey, well, you see that he retired after that shit. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to leave the coke and the money. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that either. Like, I'm de- like not after I got shot for this shit. I'm taking the coke and I might leave the coke. Cause the cops are on the way. Yeah, I'm the money. You, you, you have to take the money. the money. You have to yeah, take you, the money. You never leave the money. Yeah, yeah. You saw that shit. Uh, State prop too. That, that's what Dave Dash was so upset about. He's like, they took my money. <laughs> it's like, it's like, there we got robbed. Did they take my money? 
Like you can't leave the money. Yeah, no, you 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 never you never leave the money. Like for me, the, the best scene in this movie also involves Buddy because it's the scene at the storage. Like I just think like that that whole thing. Like the two guys that they had playing the storage guys are like you know they're only in the movie for like five minutes, but I think they both are hilarious. Like they just have like real good body language and body yeah. acting, like flinching and jumping. And to me, like one of the funniest parts in the movie is when they finally get their their money back from these guys. And the one guy relaxes and he's like, what are you relaxing for, motherfucker? And he blows out the light. <laughs> like yeah. when, when they're in the uh, the storage unit, like I just I just laugh at that every no. time. Yeah, my, my favorite part of that is when Amari Hallwork is just pouring the acetone on him and he's got the lighters like. What you got there, Shavu? Uh, acetone. Like, I love that scene. Like, just like it's just like a little subtle shit. He's just pouring a little acetone on him. He's just like ready to set him on fire. So yeah, that's definitely one of the better scenes in the movie. Yeah, like this is this is like some of the best shit I've like. I've seen Omari Hardwick play a lot of stuff where I didn't think he's a very good actor, but in this movie, I think I think he was on point. I th- he should very lean into like. Like th- this sort of like laid back shit a little bit more because on power I, I I think power is a bad show I think he's bad on power, um yeah so like I, I think like he he's got some talent in there he he just might yeah. need some better writing or direction I think that's exactly what that is like you know writing a direct like you said you he, you saw the chops in this movie and what he could do so you know power's just a mess so I don't even want to get into that yeah yeah it's <laughs> like. Uh, yeah, I, I I exited the power train pretty early. Yeah. But um so I guess that, that'll take us to best performance. Who, who do you do, do you have him as your best performance in this movie? I, it's tough. Um I think as a comedy, I think you kind of have to go. I it was I was kind of torn between either him or I keep calling him Eddie, Eddie Winslow. I think his name is Darius McQuay. Like, cause I, I just like the way that uh, you know, I, I thought his performance was really a strong performance. Um, just kind of being the buddy character, like he he played that henchman one very well, especially because I know him for being Eddie Winslow. So I was like, oh, he could actually not be Eddie Winslow and and, and be good. But I think just as a comedy, um, you know, like and we we talked about Mikey Epps up top, like uh, he has some of the best lines in the movie, and you know he's just hilarious every time you see him and he's memorable. So I think I got to give it to Mike Epps just as a comedy. He's I think he's the most comedic and you know he's probably the best part of it. So I, I'll give it to Mike Epps. Yeah, I think it's close, but I, I'm probably gonna give it to Wood Harris because I, I think I think Wood Harris like has to carry the uh, dramatic weight of this movie because nobody else is willing to, <laughs> and and like like you know what like, when he's like going back and forth with Mike Epps, he's like, "Yo, niggas will kill you over one brick, I would," and yeah. like they had like they have that one moment where. He's like, oh, so Mike Epson, oh, so you would kill me? He's like, yo, I ain't even say it like that. Like he's just convincing, yeah. like, like the whole time. And then he he also plays the comedy part really well because he has a part where he's sitting on the toilet smoking a blunt, <laughs> like saying that like God sent these bricks to him yeah. and that he's not gonna run up at anybody's banks anymore or steal anybody's cars and shit anymore. That's definitely one of my favorite parts. I, yeah, I just think like that's a special actor. It's like you gotta be able to play both 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 sides, and he he pulls it off. So I'm gonna give it to Wood Harris. 
Yeah, like I said, it's a tough. Like there's a lot of really good performances throughout this movie. I mean, shit, even the Donald Faison, like he's such a incompetent boob. Like I think he plays that shit well because I, you like I said, I've worked in an environment like that, and I've seen cats that are like that. So like I was like, yeah, this is definitely a guy who is a driver. Like these are these guys. So <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like like his funniest scene to me is when he's driving, he's trying to holler at these two chicks on the side of the road. And they they curve him, and he's like, "All I need is my weed." And he's like, "Time to smoke a J." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, "Dog, like you doing your your whole job in your work truck, and you stop to go buy some weed from Cassidy in the middle of the day." It's like I, I, I would hope UPS is uh, screening their employees a little bit better than that. Nope. Well, in this movie, it's not UPS. We keep saying UPS. It's NDA. Yeah, NDA, in NDA yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's NDA. So yeah. NDA needs to do a little bit more screening, but he is working for his mama over there. So, you know, he, he probably is just, uh, just a fuck up. Yeah. So um, uh, best cameo. Who, who's your best cameo in this movie? Oh, um... Cause you know we we got we got Cassidy showed up to to sell a little Cause, drugs. Cause that's um, the thing, like, it, cause I think most deaf is is a he's not a cameo, so like he's like actually has a part. So I like cameo wise, I think I got to give it to Cassidy. I thought I thought Cassidy was comedic. He did well with it, what he did, and you know it was like some Philly shit. Like that, that's like okay, that's a guy. Like that's how Philly niggas talk. That's how Philly niggas act on the corner. So I got to give it to Cassidy. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I like that scene that you know he goes he goes to pick up some drugs from Cassidy, but I, I gotta give it to uh Lacey Duval. Like Lacey Duval shows up in this movie to do something strange for a piece of change, as Mike Epps <laughs> put it. Um, you know, he 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 called he calls her to to come through uh on the night before their, their big drug deal. And I, I didn't notice it at first. And then like this last time I watched it, I was like, oh shit, that's Lacey Duvall. That gave me a little flashback back to my younger days. You know? I, when saw, I, when I, um, I can't really give it to her because I don't remember her edit. <laughs> well, that's why it's a cameo. She's she only on the screen for like 10 seconds. Like yeah, she, I got she's it. just there. I gotta give it to Cassie because he, he made use of his 10 seconds. <laughs> well, I don't think you're gonna give Lacey Duvall any lot. Like, yeah, she like she she's just there to play a hooker. She she did the part. Yeah, fair enough. Um, best quote. What's what's your best quote? Um, you know it's it's silly in regards to because you think about the overall scope of this character. Like none of these characters really have any nuance. I feel like the only character that had nuance was the Amari Hardwick one. So you know I, they tried to go deep with it. So you know. It, it's, it's kind of a weird thing, but I do like the sentiment of what the quote is. And he, I think, I believe he says, um, you know, if it ain't worth dying for, don't do it. So I, I just I like that message in regards to what a message is, but it's kind of stupid in the context of this movie, but just in regards to a message as a line, like, you know, that's something that um, I think, I, I, you know, you hear a lot of people say that, like people like Muhammad Ali, you know, it's like a motivational type of quote. So, you know, but I, I was kind of leaning towards um, the Wood Harris on the toilet because that was just a great scene. He's like, God gave us this cocaine. Like, that shit is just funny. But I'm going to go with the Amari Hardwick one. Well, if, if you're going philosophical, I, I would say, like, my, my philosophical quote from this movie comes from Most Deaf when he's trying to convince um, Leo to uh, start stealing at the job. 
He's like, yo, like these punk ass checks ain't paying my bills. He he and he says, You in America steal something, it's free money. And uh I, I think that that kind of subs up like what's going what's going on in this movie, too. Like, you know, they have that whole showdown at the money, and Bodega's like, yo, that's my shit. They're like, man, it's my shit, it's at my house. Like, you know, like in America, possession is nine tenths. So most death is in the boxes. These guys are stealing the bricks. Like that's kind of like the the theme of the movie that everybody's stealing something. But you know, being that it's a comedy, I gotta go with uh with with Jesus because like he has several quotes. Like his name is Jesus, but he keeps calling himself Jesus in the movie. And uh, he's arguing with his girlfriend, and he and um she she's like she calls him Jesus, and he's like it's Jesus to you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know it just cracks me up every time like, like his delivery like his performance the whole movie like it, it's it's underrated because yeah. he plays he's like trying to act like he's hard when his girl is around but he also plays a pussy so well like when um when PD crack is getting burnt with the cigarettes and stuff and he just he just sells PD crack out for no good reason and <laughs> shit like that like I, I've never seen that guy in anything else, but um, yeah, like he he needs more roles because he's funny. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's like you got a bunch of those guys. Like you, you know, if it's him versus Baby Joker, I think I'm picking up Baby Joker. Like I I just like Baby. <laughs> no more locked doors. Like <laughs> I don't know if I can put him over Baby Joker, but you know, there's a lot of great lines in this movie. Uh, one of the classic lines that you've been saying for years. Stay in your lady car, bro. Like that's just a good, that's just good timing. Like this is a great line that you know Hefe says. I guess I'm calling him Hefe. I don't know what the fuck his character Bodega. Like that's that's one of the best lines. Like and you've just been saying that for years. So I love that line too. Stay in your lady car, bro. Yeah, because it's like anytime anybody steps out of line, like that, it's just <laughs> that just rolls off the tongue. Like you're staying in your lane, cabron. Like, <laughs> like cut that shit out. Because <laughs> he knew he wasn't a tough. He's like, yo, you trying to be tough and all that shit. Like, yo, you don't do that. Like, your girl wears the pants of your relationship. Stay in that, your lane, cabron. That was a funny ass scene. He just beating the show with the guns, like, like just fucking him up. Like, that was a funny scene too. And, and, and Leo's just like, yo, I was high as shit yesterday. He's like, don't give me that high shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, this this a little early, but I think that might be the moral of the story of this movie. Don't get high at work. Like, the fuck are you doing? I mean, like, it works you for never right. know. Like, Hefe might show up and fuck you up for misdelivering his package. It might. It works out for rappers, so depends on what type of work you're doing. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> that 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 is true. Um, so, uh, not how the game is played. What, what you got for not how the game is played? I, I think it's Petey Crack stealing from the boss and thinking you get that shit off. Like, like, what do you think you're doing? And plus, you got to know that your crew is pussy anyway. So it's like, you're not unified as a team, as a crack boss. You're stealing from the plug. Like, that Petey Crack character is not how the game is played. Yeah, yeah, like, like, um... I think that's like is this the is he the first guy to run off on the plug? Did he run off on the plug before Plies? Oh, like, we gotta we gotta Google what that Plies saw came out. <laughs> but but no, I, this is '09, so this uh, Plies ran off on the plug definitely way after that. But um, I thought it was twenty thirteen. I think if you if you are gonna steal the the plug shit, like you can't stay where you at. You no. don't stay where the plug can we, find you. 
This is a recurring like, that, theme. That's why the song's called "Ran Off." On <laughs> yeah, the like you run <laughs> off on the, you don't steal the plug shit and stay home, like where he knows where, where to find you. That's no good. Be, this seems to be a recurring theme on this show. Like every movie we see, they do some shady shit. It just like, is it arrogance or is it stupidity? Like that's what we have to ask ourselves. That's a good title for this episode: <laughs> arrogance or stupidity. <laughs> Because, yeah, th- there definitely is a thin line between those two things. Because he probably was like, yo, this he on the other side of the country. He ain't never going to find out. Know what I'm saying? Like, we just go keep all the drug money. Like, I'm, I'm sure that's how drug dealers think shit through. Yeah. Um, But, like, we talked about it at the top. Might not how the game is played, even though I don't know anything about drug trafficking. Bodega sending the drugs through the mail. Like, I saw a Clint Eastwood movie called The Mule where the cartel in that movie was paying like old white men to drive their drugs from A to B because old white men don't get pulled over in the South, uh, apparently. And um, I feel like that was a much better drug operation that that those guys had going. Like, you know, you know, you hide that shit in the quarter panel and uh, and you, you get it to, to the destination safe and sound. So yeah, Bodega should invest in some mules, man. Well, he's dead at the end, so he should have invested in some mules. Well, if even Frank Ocean know about that. Like, he had a song called Lost. He said, Double D, big full breast, oh, my baby. Like, he knew, he's like, yo, I'm going to get this big titty bitch, and I'm going to put some shit in the car. We're going to get this shit off. So, yeah, you know, Bodega should have known. Like, you get you a couple hoes that can drive across country. And, you know, like, if they get stopped, just show a little flash, a little, you know what I'm saying? And they go get, just go get, get off with a ticket. You know what the problem is? Bodega was, he, he was in cost-cutting mode. Like, be, being a CEO, he's trying to be cheap. And everybody knows you have to invest to grow. It takes money to make money. Like, you got to invest right. in a mule, Bodega. What, you, what the fuck you doing? Talking about, oh, yeah, I'm going to get this UPS because UPS will let me ship my bricks for $100, you know? Yeah, I'm, like, just going, that I'm, just going no next, I'm just going next day air 10 bricks. You know how I many times UPS has... Uh, we got stuff saying. Yeah, we got <laughs> but, stuff saying UPS. Yeah, yeah. You know how many times these companies will miss the airs? Like, I've been working for certain companies and they've like, yo, you got to come back and get these airs. It's like, yo, fuck it, dog. Like, if it's next day air, like, them shits have to be delivered at a certain time. So, like... They'll, these companies are not reliable to get that shit in at a certain time. Bodega has to understand that. Bodega's like, I tracked it. What do you mean? It's not <laughs> Could you imagine that? Like, yo, I, I tracked my $250,000 and oh. it's not where I think it is. Like, Bodega, that's not how the game is played. Fucking moron. So now to move on to my favorite part of the podcast, animal behavior. Um, there's a lot of animal behavior in this movie, but I'm gonna give it to the storage unit guys because the storage unit guys, you know, they they were ear hustling, just walking around the storage unit, probably going up in everybody's shit, stealing everybody's shit. And you even had the one guy, he's he's on the phone, um, you know, t- talking to his girl or whatever, talking about, oh yeah, this is just a front, I'm balling, baby, and all, all of that type of shit. <laughs> And, you know, that, that always, like, being an animal always comes back on you. Like, you know, you're not supposed to be stealing people's stuff. Like, you know, that's 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 no good. And those guys ended up tied up in a storage unit. So got to give them animal behavior. That's no good. Yeah, I was torn um, between 
because I was really going to say that's not how the game is played. Because I think if you go through somebody's storage unit and there's a lot of money there, you would have to assume that like what this guy does professional wise is not on the up and up because normally when you have a lot of money, you can just put it in the bank. So the fact that this guy doesn't have a bank account, I think you would have to assume that he's some sort of criminal is getting a lot of money off of a criminal operation. So I kind of felt like that wasn't how the game is played, but the PD correction was just a little bit too stupid to me because that's obvious. You don't steal from the boss. Um, It'll be behavior wise. I was kind of torn between both actions of Leo. One, I'm never a guy who, has sex with women at work um sometimes it works out for people most times it don't most times you're just going to end up at hr or it's just going to get messy at work but i feel like what was even more animal was just buying weed in the middle of your shift like that is just work truck in the work truck and then you got people stealing your packages like that's just a, a complete lack of discipline it's just I feel something right now and I need to suppress what I'm feeling. So let me hurry up and get my drugs so I don't have to feel how I feel. To me, that's just the ultimate animal right there. The funny thing is, like, he's driving around with the back of his truck open. Yeah. Because he got out the truck at the, at the like, the whoever was robbing him, they didn't have to slide the door up. They just walked in. So I'm like, you're not even trying. Like, you're not even trying. That that was the biggest fear of mine when I was driving. Like I could like <laughs> drive with the door, but all the fucking packages fall out of that shit. <laughs> like like to me, that was just I had nightmares about that shit. It's like you go at twenty five miles per hour, and just just a bunch of packages. You just hear something fall. You got to pick all them shits up. Like yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that's happened to somebody. They 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 just they just fuck traffic all. <laughs> Like, probably doing the same shit Leo was doing. Like, j- yeah. just stopped at the corner, got some weed, and it's like, yo, fuck this job. <laughs> yeah. Got to latch the gate. That's 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 no good. So, Keeping uh, the comment section f- for this movie uh, was interesting because, I, you know, we talked about at the top. I think this movie is just like a tight 90 minutes. There's nothing that I would really cut. Um, there's nothing I would add to it either. Like if we were doing a director's cut, like I, I think we got what we needed out of these characters. Probably spending more time with them wouldn't make them better or worse. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't have anything for comment section on this one. Yeah, I didn't either. I mean, other than the fact that you know, and maybe this is a different category. Maybe this is a, a not how the game is played or get in the box, but. I think if you bodega and you see how pussy uh, Jesus is, like, why would you hire this guy? Like, th- he's just an incompetent guy. I don't think you put him on the team after seeing, like, how he folded, like, a cheap lawn chair. I don't know what you do with him. I-, I don't know if I could hire him after that. Like, that's just a terrible interview process. This guy is just folding in front of his boss, and now you want to, now you pick him up to work for you. I'm not quite sure what, <laughs> what I would add that order, but uh, that's definitely a thing that I had to point out. <laughs> Well, I I guess that kind of that that's like a conversation about if you're a kingpin, should you rule out of fear or love? Because okay. you see that in a lot of movies where, like, the kingpin rules out of fear. Like, you know, we talked about In Too Deep a couple weeks ago. Um, in Too Deep, like God in that movie, LL Cool J's <laughs> character, he he underpays his employees, he beats them up. He he sodomizes them with force <laughs> sticks and all of that. 
But and like they end up snitching on him at the end. In this movie, like Bodega, you know, he has he has Jesus G slash Jesus so shook that Jesus is like running around, like trying to get his stuff back. Like he's not thinking about disobeying. So it's almost like you kind of do want to have a guy like that on the team. You just need him to be competent. Like you yeah. want him to fear you. You just don't want him to be stupid. And he's like, he wasn't really stupid. Like he didn't fuck anything up. Like Leo fucked up. Like right. Jesus Fair didn't enough. fuck anything up. Like, you know, like, like we, we don't know what Jesus was doing on the street. Like he might've been the nigga in the streets. Who knows? Yeah, Fair enough. You know, I, I gotta, I gotta retract that then. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think I don't have anything for the kid. That, that was the closest thing that I had. I just felt like, you know, I don't know. So, something about him, I just didn't, it didn't sit right with me. I don't know if I would add him to the team, me personally, but you make some so, valid so points about him. Let, let, let's, let's do this. Set your drug <laughs> organization up real quick. <laughs> like, it's like, all right, so you, you're the supreme leader, right? And, and like, Last Men Potting, that's the name of our, our drug organization, LMP. Like, how, how, you, how you getting the bricks on the streets? I'm going to be honest with you. I think if I were starting something from scratch, I would try to model my business after Mr. Barksdale's business. I think he had the the, the tightest organization. Um, but I don't know, because you think about it, D'Angelo versus is Jesus. It's like both of those guys are kind of pussy. So I don't know. Like, <laughs> like You might be right. You might just need like a pussy middleman that'll just do what he's told. So that, just, that might just be a thing in drug dealing. Like, well, I mean, if you look, if you want to go the wire, I would say, you know, Avon might be a better boss, but Marlo ran a tighter ship. Like, mm. th th there were no fuck ups on the Marlo ship because you knew you would end up in a vacant if you fucked up. Yeah. Like, if if, if you fuck up, nobody will ever see you again. So, um, I maybe that's how that maybe that's how you gotta do it. But I remember watching a documentary about Big Meech back in the day. And they were saying that he viewed it like, you know, everybody was family and, you know, would let them borrow the Lamborghinis and the Bentleys. And he wanted to make sure everybody was paid and feeling good so that they wouldn't snitch or whatever. So I, I, I guess you could do it both ways. I mean, but when you're selling drugs, you typically just end up in jail anyway. So yeah. it might not matter. Yeah. So it's just... I. I don't know. You got to think about. I guess it's all it's all a short term plan anyway. So, you know, I really don't know how you structure a cocaine operation. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to ask Pusher T. Because yeah, he's been doing it for um, thirty years now. Yeah, and he's he's getting worse at it. That, that last album. Yeah. That that shit came on the shuffle the other day. A little sidebar that. Uh, that you're supposed to leave all the the hundreds in the safe. I'm like, what is this? This shit is yeah. garbage. Like, like, what, like, what is that flow? Yeah, naked wrist all alive. No, that's 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 that, no. that flow. That flow is. Um, I'm enjoying my motherfucking self. That's what that flow is. <laughs> like, I can't believe I'm getting a check for this shit. Like, yeah, that, that's what that flow is. All right, the money counting flow. It's so exciting. Like, yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm like, how the mighty have fallen. Um, get in the box. Who's getting in the box this week? Oh, uh, 
you know what? I think I got to give it to Jesus, man. I, I just... He... He's such a bitch-ass nigga. Like, I just... Like, I just don't understand him. Maybe that's my issue, but it's just like, you know, I, I just don't think he's cut out for this profession of, like... He doesn't seem like he works well under pressure. So... I think I'm gonna put him in the box. Um, it's between him and Bodega, but I'm gonna lean towards Jesus because I just don't think he plays his part well in regards to like you gotta be a little bit more cool under pressure. Like I don't know if I could trust him with uh, ten keys. You know, I put I put Bodega in the box. I'm not I'm not trusting Jesus with ten keys. Like fuck that. Bodega's getting in the box. Like like, like fuck that. Well, yeah, I I, I think Bodega was probably operating off of desperation at the end of the day. And but, but like Bodega probably worked for somebody. Bodega was probably a middleman. Bodega probably has somebody calling him like, yo, where are my <laughs> bricks, pussy? And he's like, um, they're in New York. They're in Philly. The, the guy said he didn't get them yet. Like, like, like that's what I'm starting to think because the kingpin get, you don't get a kingpin in the room for 10 bricks. No, like, hell no. Yeah, so yeah, but Bo Bodega's a middleman, man. Like, <laughs> Bodega's a worker. Like, yeah, yeah, he Bodega, just presents yeah. himself like he's a boss to these peons. Um, for me, like, get, get in the box, um, has to be Leo. You know, Leo set this whole course of events in motion. If he wasn't high at work, he probably would have delivered the package to the right place. But we wouldn't have had a movie without Leo. And he gets a happy ending for some reason. With, like, you know, because he ends up with the money after the shootout and everything. So I think that's uh th that that's like the fantasy element of the movie. But in real life, like, you know, Leo, Leo lost his girl, his mom's about to fire him, he's getting his truck robbed at work. Like Leo's on the unemployment line by the end of the week and pro probably off of his mama's couch and on the yeah. street. So what? he's got to get in the box. The fact that he mm -hmm. wanted to end is why I didn't get him in the box because I'm like, yo, this nigga got a quarter million dollars. If he stops smoking that shit and invest that shit properly, he only ever got to work for NDS again. So I'm not going to put him in the box. He got the ultimate dub. Like, and, and I like how he manned up at the end. He had the shotgun. He's like, yo, don't, don't you try this, bitch. I'll blow your fucking head off. Like, like he, he grew a pair of balls at the end and just took that shit, had the shoddy, like, that motherfucker won in the end, so I can't really put him in the box. Like, he, he got the dub. So, um, you know, I was just thinking, we, we kind of skipped over to the one guy that, uh, the, 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 the man that was asleep on the couch the whole movie. What are your thoughts on, on that character? You probably could have kept him in the comments section, honestly, like. He didn't really do anything to add to the movie or anything like that. So yeah, like you probably keep him in the comment section. I, I I thought they got some good jokes off of him though. Like when um yeah, when Omari he Hardaway goes to sit down through the drug deal, he's like, I thought this motherfucker was dead. My favorite part is when Omari Howard sits down on him. It's like, oh shit, what is that guy? <laughs> like that shit was funny. Yeah, I don't have no thoughts about him. I mean, like you said, like he just a little bit part, a little bit actor. They got a couple jokes off on him, so shout out to him. We'll say if if we're doing a drug organization out of the char characters in this movie, like if you're drafting, I'm drafting Mike Epps number one overall because he follows orders and executes <laughs> without hesitation the whole movie. Like he just need you just need to make sure your orders are clear. 
Yeah. She doesn't question orders. <laughs> but he he kind of might have like a little hearing problem. Because <laughs> in the beginning, you know, that they're robbing a bank, everything's going well. He's supposed to hit the safe, but he gets the tapes instead. He's supposed to knock a guy out later. He cuts his tongue out by mistake. But he does all of this shit with no remorse, no second thoughts and shit like that. So I, I think, like, if Bodega has somebody like that working under him, he probably wouldn't have to, you know, tell his boss how he's fucking everything up. So, yeah. you know, you, you, you need a Mike Epps type of guy. You just got to point him in the right direction. Yeah, because I feel like Mike Epps would probably operate a little bit better under pressure as opposed to what we see from this Jesus Jesus guy. So I agree with that. Like, entry-level-wise, you know, you definitely want him to be, you know, uh, your, your, your cocaine entry-level worker. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to take him. The rest of these guys, I don't know. I think a lot of them might be undrafted free agents because, like, they, they don't really put anything special on the tape that says, I, I need this guy on my team. But I, I I need the guy that'll just cut somebody's tongue out because he thought I told him to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Mike is a soldier. Like, see, like if if you if if Shavu had him instead of Buddy, like you know they probably would have got out the situation because. But like Buddy was faking the funk, as far as I'm concerned. He talked he talked a big game, but when it came time to you know put up or shut up, like you know he he, he, he just fought. he just didn't have it on the field. He fought. I mean, sometimes the better man just wins. Like sometimes there's better muscle out there. So, you know, I I can't knock Buddy for that. He went out. It's not he like he went out like a bitch. Like he went out fighting. So like, he didn't run from confrontation. Like he tried to fight. It's just that Mexican motherfucker. He was filled up with all that rice and tacos and shit, and he's ready to go and all that tequila. So, like, what you gonna do with that? It's like you stabbing him up. This motherfucker don't feel shit because you got that tequila. This shit, system. like. He, he 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 should have been loaded up on on chicken wings and Hennessy. And chicken wings and Hennessy. All right. So um, on that note, let's let, let let's rank this. Let let's rank this movie. I, I'm coming in at a five. Yeah. Like I said, I just think it's funny. Um, it it does what it's supposed to do for this movie. Like, no, it's not gonna win any awards or anything, but. When you want to get entertained for 90 minutes and you want to laugh, you cut on next day air. I don't think you'd be disappointed. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at a five on this one. I can't I can't quite give it a five. Um definitely like at a four and a half, it's definitely high. I can't, I don't know if I'm gonna put it on the national security blue streak water boy level. Um I don't know if I can give it that high, but it's definitely up there. Um definitely, you know, four and a half. I love the way it was shot, love the way it was done comedic you know give you an hour and a half but i think my biggest issue with this is how dumb the premise is you know i i, I can't it, it the, the rest of it doesn't excuse that stupid premise of me shipping drugs through uh you know a u.s postal character um that's just a little bit too stupid for me so that's i gotta knock it down to a half just because of that but the rest of the movie masterpiece you excuse the premise of the water boy yeah water boy's hilarious all right <laughs> I, I, I just I just wanted to be clear on that point, but what, what boys so uh, we'll, we'll be back next week uh, for another episode of the Last Man Pod, and you know make sure y'all like, comment, subscribe, and put down in the comments if y'all want to see us break down anything specific. Um, you know, in the in the coming weeks, and we we might try to get to that. So we'll be back next week, all new episode. Thanks for listening.